Bronx Bias Podcast. I am your host. My name is Denzel. Thank you for tuning in, liking, subscribing, sharing, and supporting. I truly, truly appreciate the love and the support that I have received in this early, early, early stage of this show. And um, it really just means the world to me. And I always, always want to start each show just by saying thank you to all the people out there who listen, who uh, tell their friends, support, engage with me on the social media, even if it's not a question, just saying, yo, we rocking with you. Um, It really, it really, really means a lot. And I really, truly appreciate it. So I just always want to start the shows with the thank you. Today's intro was now featuring 21 Savage by Young Thug off the Hear No Evil EP. And um, I got a comment last week. Um, it made me laugh, so I wanted to change it up a little bit. The comment said, quote, nigga, all you do is talk about Jay-Z in the Bronx. <laughs> and that was it. That was the end of the comment. <laughs> it really made me laugh because I was like, that's accurate. <laughs> oh, nigga, all you do is talk about Jay-Z in the Bronx. And which is funny because at least as far as my music selections go, I played a f- a few different artists. Like I've played more than I like. I've played Jay Z probably the most if I had to think about it, or talked about him a really a lot. Like in terms of just what's going on out here or rappers I like and shit. But <laughs> nigga, all you do is talk about Jay Z in the Bronx. I thought that shit was really funny. So I said, okay, well, all right, boom. Well, I hope you're listening this week. Got you a nice young Doug intro. Someone who I actually like. He's a newer artist. A lot of people, um, at least when he first came on the scene, you know, he was doing a lot of different stuff. People didn't really like him, but in my opinion, he is talented. He is talented. Um, so you know, I just wanted to play him, give him a little love, and to prove my detractors wrong. We're gonna have a great, great show today. I'm in a fantastic, fantastic, fantastic mood. Let's go. So as you know, we start every single show with my favorite, favorite segment, Bronx Facts. For those of you guys who don't know, or maybe it's your first time listening, Bronx Facts is the segment I like to do at the beginning of each show just to give one fact about the Bronx, New York, that general public may not know, uh, has no idea of, just to show how the Bronx, New York has affected the world as we know it, and it has affected it in a lot of ways. So your Bronx Fact for today is... 
Many New York residents don't realize that the Belmont section of the Bronx is the real bona fide Little Italy. Arthur Avenue is the best location to buy Italian breads, pastas, and pastries. The Italian Bazaar is an eclectic mix of retailers and a 2013 Zagat survey awarded its, quote, best buy status to more Arthur Avenue stores than in any other New York City neighborhood. That is your Bronx Fact for episode number 12. So now it's time to do what we've been doing now for, what is it, uh, six, seven weeks? I want to say um, I'm going to give you guys the latest and what's going on with the uh, coronavirus pandemic. No! No! And, uh, you know, how I feel about it, if you guys have been listening, um, you know, it's not something that I really like to spend a lot of time on. I'm going to spend a little more time on it today because a lot of things are happening. But just in general, um, it's not something that I love to spend time on because it's like, you click this podcast, you found me somehow, somebody told you about it, you see me on social media or something, and then I spend 20, 30 minutes talking about the shit that you can hear on CNN. Like, it doesn't, it just, in my brain, it's like, why would I just regurgitate everything that's been, give, that you can easily access on the news, uh, as opposed to just coming in and trying to have original things to talk about or other things to talk about? Because it's like, if I... If I'm just putting myself now in you guys' shoes. If I found this podcast, I clicked it. I know what's going on basically with the corona because it's the most prevalent joint. And then I listen to some dude talk about <laughs> coronavirus for 30 minutes each week. It's like, I don't need to listen to this shit. Like, so that's just my stance. So I, I am going to spend a little more time on it today because there's a lot of moving parts and there's a lot of different things happening with it. But just in general, I do at the top of the show. I talk about it. I reiterate. I want you guys to please stay safe, protected, protect your family, loved ones and friends. Practice your social distancing. Um, and we will get through this together because we always, always do. But um, it is important for me to give you guys the latest in the happening. So we are going to do that right now. If you guys do not know, I'm just going to reiterate. Um, I get a lot of my news, at least as it relates to the coronavirus pandemic from the New York Times. Um, if you would like to get a subscription to them, uh, you go to their website and they are offering free subscriptions. Um, they give you daily um, newsletters and you can read, of course, all the in-depth articles once you subscribe. Um, I get a lot of my news from there. I like them. They play down the middle. Sites like MSNBC is kind of really left. And sites like, of course, Fox News is really right. So, you know, you get it's more of opinion news than just the news. So I like the New York Times. Uh, here we go. The United States is months away from being able to return to normalcy. In the best case, scientists will develop a vaccine or more than likely treatments for coronavirus effects. It is also possible that the virus will mutate and become less severe. About 300 million people in America have probably not been exposed to the virus. And epidemi ep epidemiologists, wow, that's a word, say 
that until a vaccine or other protective measures emerge, it is not safe for that many to people for that many people to suddenly come out of confinement. I want you to remember that it is not safe for that many people to suddenly come out of confinement. That's going to come up later. The Senate approved a four hundred and eighty four billion dollar relief package that will revive a depleted loan program for small businesses and provide funds for hospitals and virus testings. New guidelines from the federal agency led by Dr. Anthony Fauci said that there is no proven drug for treating coronavirus patients. For weeks, Dr. Fauci has emphasized the lack of scientific evidence to support any potential treatment. Across America, states have scrambled to handle a flood of applications for unemployment benefits as more and more people line up for help during the coronavirus pandemic. In the past five weeks, more than 26 million people in the United States have filed new jobless claims. And now here's where the confinement joint comes in, because this is crazy to me, at least. Republican governor of Georgia, Brian Kemp, allowed gyms, barbershops, hair salons, tattoo parlors and bowling alleys to reopen their doors just a few weeks after he issued a stay-at-home order to slow the spread of the coronavirus. Kemp and state officials moved ahead Friday with the plans to reopen some businesses undeterred by a barrage of criticism. Now the state, along with several others, is trying to safely navigate relaxing restrictions while keeping residents safe. Well, right there, that's the problem. You cannot do both. You can't have your cake and eat it too. It's you cannot relax restrictions and keep residents safe. If the virus spreads person to person, I can't go bowling <laughs> and expect to be safe as I bowl. Like I'm supposed to put a glove on or hand sanitize my hands after I've been drinking beer and bowling and eating chicken wings. Like it don't make sense. It just, it does not make sense. The governor's position pits him against mayors from cities such as Atlanta, Augusta, and Savannah, Georgia, as well as advice rooted in the data model often cited by the White House. Georgia should not even begin to reopen until June 22nd, according to the model by the Institute for Health Metrics and Evaluation at the University of Washington. Quote, it is like we are living in the twilight zone, Atlanta Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms told CNN. Uh, Bottoms has called Kemp's decision perplexing for a state battling a virus that has killed nearly 900 residents and sickened about 22,000 others. Nationwide, the death toll has surpassed 50,000, according to Johns Hopkins University. I've done the best that I can, said uh, Mayor Bottoms, using my voice as mayor just to say, people, use your common sense, she said. Now. Again, guys, these people is out here bugging. And just when you think it don't get no worse, it does. Use your common sense. That's what Mayor Bottoms of Atlanta said. Use your common sense. Well, here's someone not using their common sense. Las Vegas and casino restaurant workers have pushed back on Mayor Carolyn Goodman's repeated calls to reopen the city's economy. And now local neighbor local labor unions are outraged after she admitted in a nationally televised interview suggesting laborers serve as virtual lab rats to determine whether stay at home orders really worked in combating coronavirus. Now, 
That shit is fucking crazy. And it's it's crazy when I say it, but I found the clip. This is a clip. I got it from the Washington Post. It's a combination of CNN interviews and I believe an MSNBC interview. Basically just letting you hear what this lady is saying and how she wants people to start going back into the economy of Las Vegas or start going back into the streets of Las Vegas. But you're encouraging, I mean, hundreds of thousands of people coming there in casinos, smoking, drinking, touching slot machines, breathing circulated air, and then returning home to states around America and countries around the world. Doesn't that sound like a virus Petri dish? I mean, how is that? No, what it sounds like, you're being an alarmist. And I am making the assumption that everybody's a carrier. So let's go forward, open up the city. There should be any social distancing. You don't believe that this is. Of course, I believe there should be. Of course. How do you do that in a casino? That's up to them to figure out. I'm, I don't own a casino. You say open them up, but you have no responsibility about how that would be done no, no, safely? No, no, you're blurring. No, 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 you're blurring. You said it's I'm not, not your job. There. It would, I am not a private owner of a hotel. I wish I were. And let the businesses open, and competition will destroy that business if, in fact, they are become evident that they have disease. They're closed down. It's that simple. It's a modern-day survival of the fittest that you're laying out. Yes. Do you stand by that? Because it would take weeks, as I think you probably know, before anyone realized a place was a, a epicenter of viral infection. You're comfortable with that. <sighs> <laughs> You're a very good interviewer. No, I'm not We're talking about just to China. This isn't China. Yeah, this, this is, is Las a... Vegas, Nevada. Wow. Okay, that's really ignorant. It just makes you think. It really makes you think. How do these people get into office? Seriously, when people just do or say the stupid ass shit that they do or say, it's like how are these people making decisions? Elected officials making decisions for. A bunch of people now vegas i understand is a um what's the i don't know the word it's a city that basically makes all of its money um from tourism right so every dollar vegas makes is from people coming into vegas uh using go using the hotels using the casinos the bars the restaurants go seeing the shows and shit shopping on the strip and the majority of las vegas residents work at these establishments so it goes hand in hand literally so i'm not gonna act like i don't understand uh the gist of what she's trying to say it's like if this is the economy of las vegas predicated on people coming here you know using our uh casinos using our hotels catching a show um you know what i'm saying shopping all these things that are handed and then the residents of Las Vegas literally just working for all these establishments. It makes sense. But in this time, <laughs> use your common sense. Use your common fucking sense. You cannot have Las Vegas flooded with people when we're trying to curtail the spread of the coronavirus. Now, shout out to our guy, New York, Governor Cuomo. He's been holding it down, too. Uh, we got to give Cuomo's props. Cuomo's been doing his shit. Like, he's letting you niggas know y'all niggas is bugging. Like, I ain't doing nothing. This is his quote on political pressure to reopen New York City. Or New York, not New York City. 
I'm not going to do anything that is going to set us back. We can't make a bad decision. Frankly, this is no time to act stupidly. This is not going to be over anytime soon. More people will die if we're not smart. Round of applause for Governor Andrew Cuomo. It's really crazy that like saying basic common sense shit gets you a round of applause. But hey, this is the world, man. This is the world we live in. So um, shout out to Cuomo again, guys. Please um, stay safe, protected. Uh, please try to protect your family, loved ones and friends. Um, practice your social distancing. Uh, wear your face mask and gloves when you go out in public. Um, and please follow all the CDC guidelines as to keep yourself family loved ones and friends safe during this time we will get through this together because we always always do and um governor brian camp of georgia mayor carolyn goodman of las vegas y'all niggas is fucking bugging bugging the fuck out you guys can follow me and hit me up on Instagram and Twitter. Instagram is at Rogers Neighborhood, R-O-D-G-E-R-S, Neighborhood, N-E-I-G-H-B-O-R-H-O-O-D. Twitter is Rogers Neighborhood, R-O-D-G-E-R-S, Neighborhood, N-G-H-B-R-H-D. No vowels in Neighborhood on Twitter. Um, you know, I'm saying it, repeating it for the millionth time because I ask you guys weekly to send in questions, comments or whatever you have uh, for me. Um, and I love that you guys continuously, continuously engage with me. I really, truly appreciate it. So now I'm going to answer some of the questions that I have received. The first one says, who, in your opinion, is the most overrated legends in history? Um, I would say any legendary athlete before color, color barriers were broken in every sport, like Babe Ruth, Bob Cousy, Bob Pettit, like, are you, are you kidding me, dog? Like Norm Van Brocklin, like, are you shitting me? Do you think, honestly, do you think if Babe Ruth, who is, was super overweight, <laughs> playing against pitchers who were fucking moonlighting as mailmen and fucking farmers who notoriously said all he does is eat hot dogs and drink beer, had to play baseball against Ken Griffey Jr., Vlad Guerrero, A-Rod, Barry Bonds, Hank Aaron, that he would be as good as he was? Are you fucking kidding me? Do you think that fucking Bob Cousy could fucking guard up against Russell Westbrook or Kyrie Irving. Are you shitting me? If Bob Pettit was standing in the lane as fucking LeBron James ran 100 miles per hour to dunk on his head? Are you kidding me? Like, it's just, it don't make no sense to me. Like, oh, yeah, Babe Ruth is one of the greatest. Bob Cousy, uh, Bob Pettit, uh, George Mike, and uh, who else? Uh, Dave DeBusher. Like, these niggas is ass. Like. <laughs> These niggas is ass. Like, if y'all didn't play, like when the sport was fully integrated, I have no, no respect for your little quote unquote legendary status. Like, you're playing against a whole bunch of fucking milkmen, and school teachers, and farmers, and taxi cab drivers back in the fucking day. Like, I don't respect none of that shit. 
because I know, especially Babe Ruth, if he had to play, literally had to play against players like the cream of the crop of baseball history, like in terms of the modern when the sport was integrated, he wouldn't be shit. <laughs> he would have to go into coaching or something because he wouldn't be shit. So any sports legend, any athlete that was dominant before all color barriers were broken, the most overrated. Um, The next one says, what's something that you thought was absolutely whack until you gave it a try? Now, I'm going to be honest here, and this this is kind of crazy when I, when I say it, but this is how I was thinking. I thought that Travis Scott was the wackest nigga on the planet. And let me elaborate. Let me elaborate. <laughs> so when Travis Scott, when I first heard him, it was Antidote. That was his first song. Don't you open up that window. Don't you let out that Antidote, right? And that was off his album Rodeo. That was his first major release. And I heard Antidote and I was thinking in my mind, Oh, nah, this is just going to be a one-hit wonder. All this singing shit, this melodic shit, that shit ain't going to last. You know what I'm saying? It's the moment shit. Oh, that shit is trash. So I ain't even listen to Rodeo, right? His next album was called Birds in the Trap Sing McKnight. Something like that. Something to that end. And I was, I'm like, I ain't listening to that shit. Like, this shit is trash. That melodic shit is trash. Nah, fuck that, nigga. You ever heard of Ghostface Killer, Nick? Like, <laughs> I was in that bag. Like, fuck this new nigga. This nigga's trash, right? Um, And then my friend is like, oh, shout out to Anthony again. He's like, yo, you're bugging. You need to listen to this album. You're bugging the fuck out. What's wrong with you? Listen to Travis Scott. So I said, all right. You know, one day I was sitting, I was like, all right, Pat. I'm going to listen to Travis Scott. I'm going to listen to Birds in the Trap. The first joint comes on. It's called The End. And that shit is hard. I'm like, oh, Travis is like, what was his first bar? Um, let me see if I can remember it. Um, it was, okay, I got a copy. 2020, but I can't see nobody. One eye open Illuminati. This might be the verse that make him drop me. I was like, yo, this shit is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and then in the same song, he had an Andre 3000 feature. And I was like, oh, shit, this nigga might be all right. And then. From then I was I was a man I was on the I was on the bandwagon, but yeah, one hundred percent I was completely off. I thought Travis Scott was gonna be one of the wackest niggas ever, but nah, he his shit is great. He's fucking elite, like he's elite. So I was I can admit it. I was one hundred percent wrong about Travis Scott and his music. Um, the next one says, "Where do you go when you want to meet women?" <laughs> y'all make me laugh man um well literally everywhere there are women everywhere like i know that's not what you were asking like i know that's not what you're trying to ask but just go outside there are women everywhere like literally everywhere but i know that's not what you mean i know that's not what you mean um well I mean, you know, of course you go to the clubs, bars, and whatever, but this is, I'm going to give you some game. This is free game I'm giving to you. Tell your friends when, when, after you hear this. The best place, in my opinion, to meet women or to know what you're getting, that's important, to know what you're getting when you meet a woman for the first time, Target. And let me elaborate. I have worked at Target and I am a frequent shopper at Target worked at target in my younger years 
and I still frequently shop there. Horrible place to work, great place to shop. <laughs> um, so here's here's where I'm, I'm gonna flip it on you, right? Usually, when you go out to social places, bars, clubs, lounges, f- parties, festivals, wherever you go, that's a social gathering. People are usually dressed to the nines, right? People are usually on the A game because they're gonna be seen. So when you meet women, of course, you know, they got the heels on, they got their nice dresses on, they got their makeup on, they fake hair pieces, they 17 piece girdles, you know, all that shit just to look the best. When you go to Target, ain't nobody showing up to Target like it's a fashion show. People's going to Target to get their toiletries, to get their food, to get their, you know, baby wipes, electronics, like you just go in there to get shit that you need, Right. So if you go into Target and you're walking up and down the aisles and you see a woman in there who's fine, she's fine all the time, right? Because no one goes to Target dressed like they're going to the club. You, She's in there with her leggings on, her little bum ass, vans, a little sweater, whatever, just there to shop for her shit. If you see her and she's fine there, that means she's fine all the time. The best place to meet women and know what you're getting is target so take that with you that's just some free game for you tell your friends don't act like you came up with that shit on your own tell your friends where you heard it first um but yeah that that should work out for you because normally people get tricked right you meet someone in the club you drinking or they got all this makeup on and shit you don't really know and you're not gonna be like yo bitch wipe your face right now so i can see the real you in the bar that's crazy <laughs> that's crazy so you're not gonna do that um so target go to target go to the grocery store any you know grocery store whatever if a woman is fine in the grocery store that means she's fine all the time that's game for you don't don't forget where you heard it and the last one says what is something that you have done wrong for most of your life and recently found out the right way to do it now, I'm going to tell you this, and don't don't judge me, but I'm going to tell you this. I recently just learned how to tie my shoes the correct way. <laughs> and what I mean by that is when I was coming up, I'm left-handed, right? So my mom taught me how to tie my shoes the bunny ear way. You make two bunny ears, you cross them, and you tie the bow because she figured that would be the easiest way for me to learn it because I'm left-handed. So the traditional way, of course, to tie your shoes is the loop swoop and pull right if you've seen um uh adam sandler movie big daddy when he was teaching a little boy how to tie shoes loop swoop and pull but i never learned that way to tie my shoes because when i first learned it was bunny ears so i just been doing bunny ears until like 2018 and finally i learned i taught myself (laughs) the correct well not the correct way but the traditional way of tying my shoes so yes Yes, Denzel can count by twos and tie his shoes. That's a fact. Um, So thank you again, guys, for those questions. I really, truly appreciate them. Um, Please keep them coming if you feel so inclined. No pressure. Um, But I really love the engagement that I've had. I've been able to have with you guys in this early stage. And I really, truly appreciate all the love, the support, the comments, the questions, all of the engagement that you guys have with me. I really, truly appreciate it. And keep them coming if you feel so inclined. So now it's time to talk about another 
another Bronx legend. Last week was the week of, or not the week of, but the week dominated by Bronx legend, French Montana. So if you guys don't know or or, uh, did not see this on uh, social media, basically, um, French Montana was on Complex, which is a, a site uh that does a lot of pop culture news uh fashion news sports news it's like a a a young person's it's basically the mixture between a blog and um a news site right so they do a lot of trendy current event type shit they cover a lot of new current shit and in an interview with complex um French Montana was featured on it and he said that he he thought that he had more hits than Kendrick Lamar which sent the Twitterverse, the social media verse into a frenzy. So I'm going to play the clip for you because, of course, I have it. And then we'll go from there. Earlier this quarantine, we saw uh, you face off against Tory Lanez, who's kind of been the king of IG Live, at least for this quarantine. Um, the battle was a good one. You have a, a, a large catalog of hits. Friends, do you think that there's someone better for you to face off than Tory Lanez? And if so, who, who would that person be? I mean, honestly, I could go against anybody. Honestly, you could put somebody like Kendrick Lamar next to me on the same stage in a festival. I might outshine him, not because I'm a better rapper or whatever it is. It's just I got more, more hits. You know what I'm saying? Kendrick Lamar got albums. He got masterpieces. You know what I'm saying? But if you were to put us on the festival stage, I would outshine because I have more hits than, than um, um, Kendrick Lamar. Now, guys, I know how crazy it sounds. I know I know what you're saying in your mind, but two things before I even go on this one, you if you are a public figure or if you're in this entertainment lane, if if you're a musician, if you're an athlete, if you're a uh, a podcaster, even you have to think that there's something that has to be within you that you have to think that you're the best. Like there's something that is kind of like crazy, like where you have to believe that you're the best because if you don't believe it then who else is going to believe it right so i'm not going to sit here and be like oh this nigga's bugging because if you go up to a rapper and you say hey do you think you're the greatest rapper ever everyone could know the answer is no but you have to believe that that shit is yes if someone comes up to me and says denzel do you think that you're a better podcaster than Joe Budden or Joe Rogan or Conan O'Brien or whomever else that you guys listen to? I'm going to tell you yes. And of course, i am only had 12 episodes. These guys have been in this game for years. But I have to think that. Like, you have to think that. You have to. There is something that has to be in you that you think, yo, when this shit come on, I may not have the notoriety i may not have the shine i may not have the money that these people have but i could hold my fucking weight so i understand it i understand it i do i truly do you gotta have that french montana confidence but this nigga's bucking the fuck out like (laughs) this nigga's bugging the fuck out he does not have more hits than Kendrick Lamar. He couldn't even dream to have as much hits as Kendrick Lamar. Now, I will say, French Montana, um, you know, came up on the street level. He was a street, 
quote unquote street rapper where he was pushing his mixtapes out of the crown fried chicken on third app like he was in the streets he made a lot of street records a lot of street mixtapes that really pop in the hoods but of course they don't have the main uh the mainstream appeal if french montana did a show in hammerstein ballroom or on webster hall or in sobs new york yeah he could rock that shit no question and he could rock a show even not outside of new york but i'm saying like you know that's where he made his foundation that's where all of his older joints the mac and cheese mixtapes that is french montana that's new york so that's a new york thing kendrick mars worldwide right point play period he's worldwide and he's one of the nicest niggas out here and of course french doesn't hold a candle to him but i understand the confidence i understand it and they're two different types of artists right he they're two different types of artists um but shortly after the interview with complex french montana doubled down on his claim saying that he could go neck and neck with kendrick lamar in an instagram live battle um he also claimed that he has more hits than kendrick lamar which he doesn't but this is french montana's from twitter if we just talking about anthems, me versus Kendrick hit for hit, I believe I could go neck to neck. I've been making hits for a long time. It ain't my fault I believe in myself. How was I supposed to answer that question? How many times I got to prove myself before I get mine? I love Kendrick. That's not for Kendrick. That's just to anyone they put in front of me and ask me that same question. What you want me to say? LOL. It should be your attitude, too. If you think any less of yourself, don't blame it on the next person who don't set it up. Now, again, he's right. He's right. Like, if you don't, if you're in this lane where you entertain people or you're, you know, uh, com compete with people, you have to believe that you're the fucking best. Like, you have to. Even if, even if you're not, if you go up to a regular SoundCloud rapper and you say, yo, are you better than Jay-Z? The answer is no. Because <laughs> the answer is no, but you have to say yes. Like you have to just have that irrational belief in yourself because if you don't believe in you, who will, right? So again, I understand what the fuck he's saying. I understand it. But for the shits and the giggles, one, he is bugging, but two, um, <laughs> he, <laughs> you gotta do, you gotta have that faith, man. You just have to, you have to. You have to. So shout out to Bronx legend French Montana just for believing in yourself. French Montana confidence. I'm going to try to make that a thing. French Montana confidence. Yo, how confident are you? I'm French Montana confident. You feel me? I'm French Montana confident. Every time I come and do this pod, I'm French Montana confident. All right? Um, but then, of course, because the Internet's the Internet and people, people just the nature of trolling, I suppose. Young Thug, who I played at the top, um, got on his Instagram and had a series of comments uh, which started a back and forth between French Montana and Young Thug. Um, basically, Young Thug said he's bugging out. He don't have more hits than Kendrick. And then French got on, posted a picture, and then deleted it of Young Thug in a dress um, saying something uh, a bit uh i wouldn't say well homophobic basically basically challenging his manhood because he wore a dress to where young thug replied and here's the back and the forth and the back and the forth that these you that these new niggas love to do so uh here's the young thug clip 
for you. Stupid Andy said he got more hits than Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> Fool. Now it's nothing crazy. It's nothing crazy in my opinion. You do not have more hits than Kendrick. Fool. He threw fool out. Wow, you're really offended by fool. But then French replied uh, with a tweet and then delete or Instagram post and delete. Basically challenging Young Thug's manhood, blah, blah, blah. And then Young Thug responded again and then again. So here are the two Young Thug clips from the response to French's initial response. French Montana. Bitch, yeah, nigga. Listen, bro, get out of your feelings. I'm only speaking from an artist standpoint. You do not have nowhere near more hits than Kendrick Lamar whatsoever. You probably won't ever have more hits than Buddy. So get that out of your head. I don't know what you're taking, but get that out of your head. Pussy. That's what I forget for even fucking with niggas like you. I wore that dress in your video just to sh show love and support because I only put that dress on when it's real, when I feel like it's real love or what this is what it's supposed to be. That's the only time I do that type of shit because I thought it was love, but that's the thing is I get for fucking with pussy niggas like you. But it's okay. I don't even get cool points in my hood or in no nigga hood for even talking to suckers like you. Like, I don't even talk to niggas like you, bro. Like... Stay in your lane. I stay in my lane, bro. You ain't even on my level when it come down to getting no business handled or none of that. Like, you're a bitch, bro. I'm not finna argue with you on no internet. I'm not finna argue with no rap nigga on no internet, no none of that, because I know that's what the critics and the white people and the motherfucking society, I know that's what they want, nigga. That's what they get to, they, that's what they get a rush off. So I don't even want to have no problems. Not problems. I love problems. I don't even want to have no back and forth internet smoke with none of you pussies. Especially no nigga like you, bro. Like, this shit come with M's, bro. This shit come with batters, bro. Like, you ain't gonna care nothing and let that die. We don't even got no time to have no smoke with each other. Like, it ain't that serious. You know what's up with me, bro. You know. That was kind of like menacing, though. I had never heard nobody say that. You ain't finna kill nothing or let nothing die. That's hard. Like, that's some Nino Brown shit. <laughs> Now, of course, nobody should resort to violence. You know, no one should. So, I, of course, I'm not going to sit here and try to condone it. But that was hard. That was a hard line. Like, you ain't going to kill nothing or let nothing die. That was that was some real gangster shit right there. Okay, but again, off of that. I don't think that French Montana has more hits than Kendrick. But I do believe that you have to think that. You have to. And Young Thug, who is very talented, in my opinion, too, has more hits than French Montana as well. Um, it's just, you know, niggas getting their feelings. If I can't say I know better. I know better. I know how to react. But if someone came to me and said or broadcasted the Bronx Buyers podcast is the worst shit ever, I would be I would feel a kind of way on purpose. And like I, I would do my best to not make it public or, you know, not show my ass. But it would make me feel away. So I understand French's response. And then, of course, in the nature of things, because you got to show you tough, Young Thug responds and then responds and then blah, blah. But to his credit, he said, hey, bro, I don't want no smoke with nobody. You ain't going to kill nothing or let nothing die. That's that's crazy. I never heard that before. And that's that. So hopefully that's the end. It's just, of course, internet entertainment. We all bored in the house. So if someone say something, niggas got to say something else. And that's the cycle of things. This is not a real beef whatsoever. If diss tracks come out of this, I'm going to be very surprised. I'm going to be very surprised. I'm going to play them. 
I'm gonna listen to him and I might play him on here, but I'm gonna be very surprised. I don't think that anything should come out of that. But again, shout out to Young Thug and shout out to the Bronx legend, French Montana. Um, to cover into my sports lane. I'm not gonna stay long on this because it's uh nothing really going on with sports. It's just the NFL draft happened. First round was on Thursday. Second round was on Friday. Um, second and third round was on Friday. Uh, I just want to speak about two things. The first is um, Rick Ross. That's my guy. You know, I fuck with Ross. Um, <laughs> he's a Miami Dolphins fan. He's from Florida. And um, he's talking about uh, the player that the Dolphins drafted number five overall in the draft. as a quarterback. His name is Tua Tagovailoa. Um, and he's from the University of Alabama. He's a quarterback. He's a very good player, but he had some issues in terms of injuries. He got hurt a lot. So the Dolphins, of course, need a quarterback because they haven't been good at quarterback since Dan Marino. And that's way back in the day. So Rick Ross has got on Instagram after they made the pick and he tried to say Tua Tugavailoa's name in support of him. And I just want to play that shit because that shit is crazy. That shit made me laugh so hard. So here's Rick Ross on Tua Tugavailoa. Gotta invest. We can't be the same old Dolphins we was. We got us a coach. I love the coach. I love the team. I love with the direction. But we got to take Tua. If you don't, if you don't disagree, come on, nigga. Tua Tagovailoa, QB Alabama. <laughs> Tua Tagovailoa. <laughs> That shit was great, man. That shit was great. Shout out to Rick Ross. Shout out to Tua Tagliola and Miami Dolphins. Um, the second is um C D Lamb. Um, he is a wide receiver from the University of Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Yeah, University of Oklahoma. And um he got drafted by the Dallas Cowboys. Um he's a very talented wide receiver. He's one of the best receivers in the draft. And um since everything is virtual. Um, they had the camera on him and his family sitting on the couch. And as he received the call um, from the Dallas Cowboys saying that he got drafted, um, the camera panned to him and his family. So he's on the phone. You know, he's emotional. Thank you for the opportunity, blah, blah, blah. In that time, his girlfriend, who was sitting right next to him, grabs his phone and, like, takes it and, like, tries to look at it. And then he is on the phone with his NFL coach. And he turns... And snatched the phone right out of her hand <laughs> and, and just gave her a look like, you you playing right now. <laughs> like, he, he didn't say nothing. He ain't, you know, he ain't cuss or nothing. He just looked. He snatched his phone real quick. And he gave her a look like, yo, you bugging out right now. And that's, listen, man, listen, women, y'all got to stop. This phone shit, that's something that I really don't play. Don't grab my fucking phone. This is not your phone. You don't pay T-Mobile. You don't hold this bill down. You ain't buying me this phone. This phone is not for you. This phone is under the name Denzel Rogers, or in his case, C.D. Lamb. Don't be touching my shit, all right? Now you embarrassed on national television because you want to be nasty. Nigga is getting a phone call to change his fucking life, and all you worried about his phone. Y'all bitches is crazy. Y'all are crazy. Y'all are fucking nuts, bro, but... To his credit, and the Cowboys are going to be happy, he has great hands. So, yeah, shout out to Tua Tagovailoa, shout out to Rick Ross, shout out to CeeDee Lamb and his great hands. Last on the docket, um, I just want to take this time to say rest in peace 
to Bronx legend, um, New York City rap legend, Fred the Godson, who tragically passed away um, on Thursday um, from the complications due to the coronavirus pandemic. Um, man, it was that was kind of crazy to hear because I remember um, on his social media, he had posted a picture with him with the face mask, the ventilator face mask, the oxygen. And he was saying, yo, I got the coronavirus, but pray for me and I'm going to get through it. Right. So, you know, a lot of people, at least public figures who revealed to have had the coronavirus made a turnaround with the medical attention and all those things. Um, Fred, uh, who was out here in New York with the doing the New York scene, the mixtape scene, the you know, what I'm saying that's when that's how you used to get hot back in the day. Like from 20, what, 2000 and let's say three to 20, let's say 12, at least in the hoods, the way that a rapper would gain his, you know, presence or people would find out about him was via mixtapes and not the mixtapes, quote unquote, that we have now, where it's just like a collection of songs. I'm saying mixtapes like you would rap over other beats and you would basically release it for free. And you would push them out like out of the trunk of your car or if you knew a guy at the radio station, you'd play your song or, you know, you did it real organically on the street level. And Fred was out. Fred has been out here. He's been out here, out here with the street, with the street level rap, the mixtape rap. Super, super uh, elite lyricist. Um, And it's a tragic, tragic death. He was 41 years old. Um, he revealed his diagnosis on April 6th when he posted the photo from the hospital um, and his death at Montefiore Medical Center was confirmed by his publicist um, who said the cause of his death was coronavirus. So rest in peace to Bronx legend Fred the Godson, gone but not forgotten. Again, this is just to stress the importance that people have lost their lives and will continue to lose their lives if we do not take this coronavirus seriously um so um again rest in peace to fred prayers condolences out to your family friends and loved ones and we have to take the measures to remain safe in this time because you never think it could happen to you and you know you out here being frivolous and not uh taking heed to the to the guidelines given for our safety and then you know something like that could happen not to say that fred was doing that i'm just saying in general to curb the spread please guys follow all the cdc guidelines practice your social distancing wear your face mask and gloves in public and try your best to be safe out here um because this is a very serious serious thing um and rest in peace again to fred the godson and that will wrap it up episode number 12 of the bronx bias podcast is in the books I'm your host once again. My name is Denzel. Thank you guys for the continued support, for the continued love, for the continued engagement with me over the social media uh, platforms and um, just for everything that you guys have given me in this early, early stage of the pod. I really, truly appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. Um, And I'm going to fade you guys out with a great song. We talked about Kendrick Lamar. (laughs) So I'm going to play a Kendrick song. It's called Duckworth off of the album damn if you guys want to download or stream this has been the bronx bias podcast episode number 12 we
out. It was always me versus the world Until I found it's me versus me What happens on Earth stays on Earth. We're gonna put it in reverse. Darling, I've told you many times, and now I'm telling you once again, just to remind you, sweetheart, that my. Oh, Lamar. Hail Mary, you never won a time since hard. Pray with the hooligan, shadows all in the dark. Fellowship with demons and relatives, I'm a star. Life is one funny motherfucker. A true comedian, you gotta love him. You gotta trust him. I might be bugging. Infomercials and no sleep. Introverted by my thoughts. Children listen to gets deep. See, once upon a time, inside the niggas and garden projects, the object was the process and digest. Poverty's dialect. Adaptation inevitable. Gun violence cracks by federal policies. Ray builders and drug professionals. Anthony was the oldest of seven. Well respected, calm and collected. Laughing and joking made life easier. Hard times, mom on crack. A four-year-old telling his nanny he needed her. His family history pimping and banking. He was meant to be dangerous. Clacked him a grip and start slanging. Fifteen scraping up his jeans with quarter pieces. Even got some air from a smoker last weekend. Dodger police been working for his big homie. Small town hustler graduated to a brick on him. Ten thousand dollars out of for project housing. That's on the daily. Seen his first meal, twenty years old. Had a couple of babies. Had a couple of shooters. Caught a murder case. Fingerprints on the gun. They assuming, but witnesses couldn't prove it. That was back when he turned his back and they killed his cousin. He beat the case and went back to hustling. Bird shuffling. Anthony rang. The first in the projects with the two-tone Mustang. That 5.0 thing. They say 5-0 came. Circling parking lots and parking spots and hopping out while harassing the corner blocks. Crooked cops told Anthony he should kick it. He brushed him off and walked back to the Kentucky Fried Chicken. See, at this chicken spot, there was a light-skinned nigga that talked a lot with a curly top and a gap in his teeth. He worked a window. His name was Ducky. He came from the streets to rob a Taylor home. Southside Project. Chirac. The Terra Dome. Drove to Cal- California with a woman on him and $500. They had a son hoping that he see college. Hustling on the side with a nine to five to freak it. Cadillac severely riding son around on weekends. Three piece special with his name on his shirt pocket. Cross the street from the projects. Anthony planned to rob it. Stuck up the place before back in 84. That's when affiliation was really eight years of war. So many relatives telling us, selling us devilish work, scaling us crime, intelligent, felonist, prevalent proposition with nines. Ducky was well aware. They robbed the manager and shot a customer last year. He figured he'd get on these niggas' good sides. Free chicken every time Anthony posted in line. Two extra biscuits. Anthony liked them and then let them slide. They didn't kill him. In fact, it looked like they're the last to survive. Pay attention. That one decision changed both of their lives. One curse at a time. Reverse the manifest a good karma and i tell you why. You take two strangers and put them in random predicaments. Give them a soul so they can make their own choices and live with it. Twenty years later, them same strangers you make them meet again. Inside recording studios where they reaping their benefits. Then you start reminding them about that chicken incident Whoever thought the greatest rapper Would be from coincidence Because if Anthony killed Ducky Top dog could be serving life While I grow up without a father And die in a gunfight so I was taking a walk the other day 